the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program is sponsored by Ron Geyer Roofing. The Bible describes events that will mark the last days, or end times. 2 Timothy 3.1 says, This know also, that in the last days perilous times shall come. Matthew 24.44 tells us, Therefore you must be ready, for the Son of Man is coming at an hour when you do not expect Him. Bible teacher Ron Geyer leads us through Scripture that will help us to remain strong in the Lord. End Time Insights with Bible teacher Ron Geyer starts now. Hi, everybody. Ron Geyer, End Time Insights. Thank you so much for tuning in. We appreciate you listening. We love doing this every week. We really do feel so honored. I got people, you know, what I do is when they come up to me and they say, Ron, I heard you on the radio. I think I'm into double digits now. A lot of people came up this weekend. It was very enjoyable and I appreciate it. So thank you so much. Today, I want to talk to you about the Watchman's Warnings. That's kind of what we are doing in our ministry. We are warning people about what is going on in our nation. Our nation's in trouble, and the church is in trouble. And so with the spirit of love and correction, we are letting people know that, hey, you know, this is why this is happening. For instance, President Trump just went ahead and he brokered a deal with Israel and the United Arab Emirates. And lo and behold, the deal is, let me explain it real quickly, and this is not what I'm talking about, but real quickly, the UAE wanted diplomatic ties to Israel because everybody over there is scared of Iran, and Israel is the only one that can match up with them. And so a lot of the nations now are starting to institute diplomatic relationships once again with Israel. And they're not acknowledging Jerusalem as the capital of Israel, but they are instituting relationships. But the UAE wanted, they said, we're not going to do this for nothing. We want something in return. And the thing that they asked for in return was that Israel, Netanyahu, would quit resettling the West Bank. They are calling it, Israel is trying to annex the West Bank. Well, that's ridiculous. You don't annex something that you own. Israel owns the West Bank, but they were resettling it. So anyway, that's the compromise that Israel has had to make to get this so-called peace plan. And President Trump brokered it. And I just want to say that is a mistake. You cannot violate God's word. I think I'll go through the scriptures. Maybe I'll talk about that next week. But... Because of that deal, there is judgment upon America. Every time America compromises Israel's position uh, by sacrificing land or settlements or causing people to give up land that God has given to them. Remember, that's a holy promise. That's a holy land. It's called the Holy Land, and it's not called the Holy Land because of what man's doing. It's called the Holy Land because of what God said. And any time we remove Israelis from their part, their inheritance in the Holy Land, there has been judgment to pay. And... Can you say California wildfires? What about this miracle, two storms in the Gulf? That's never happened. So you want to be wise and look at these things. And at the end of the day, this is a call to pray for Mr. Trump because he's made a mistake here, in my opinion. Okay, moving on. I want to talk about the watchman's warnings. I want to give you scripture, Jeremiah 6, verses 13 and 14 in the NIV. From the least to the greatest, all are greedy of gain. Prophets and priests alike all practice deceit. They dressed the wound of my people as though it were not serious, saying, Peace, peace.
peace when there is no peace. We're hearing a lot of that from a lot of leaders in Christianity. They're thinking that it's not a problem what's going on. They're thinking that we're not in danger, that what we've done is not going to bring repercussions and nothing could be further from the truth. Dave Gusek comments on that scripture. He says, these were smooth words from the false prophets, assuring Judah that everything was fine when in fact everything was not fine. Peace, peace. It's a wonderful message to bring and one that most people want to hear. The problem is that sometimes it just isn't true. Sometimes there is war and conflict that we must deal with, whether we would like to deal with it or not. Most significantly, there are times when God's word to his people is not peace, but repent and prepare for judgment. That is the word to God's people in America today. That is the word to the nation today. Repent and prepare for judgment. Commentator Morgan writes this way. They may be saying peace, peace when there is no peace in many ways. They may do it by silence, refusing to refer to evil practices. They may do it by speaking of evil as though it were only the underbelly of something that's inevitable. They may even do it in denying that there is any such thing as evil. All of these are true in America. We've done everything to uh, contradict the word of God, and we're bearing the repercussions for that, which is and are remedial judgments. In that verse 14, they say, they dressed the wounds of my people as though it were not serious. And basically, they were making light of the abominations that the Israelis were doing. And in America, our wounds are not slight by no means. Our wounds in America, they are deadly. They are deadly to the tune of 60 million babies aborted. They are deadly to the tune of unchecked pedophilia and the countless numbers of children that we've lost to the sex slave industry. There is no peace in America. I'm sorry. If you think we come through this China virus pandemic with no lingering damage, you are wrong. Until we deal with abortion and until we deal with sexual depravity, it's only going to get worse. Repent America. Repent as individuals. Repent as a church body. Repent pastor. Repent shepherd. Repent politicians. And repent corrupt government officials. Repent you liars and medical administration officials who have lied to us concerning the uh, pandemic. Your judgment is upon you and I'm warning you now. If you continue in your sin, you will face God's holy wrath from which there is no coming back. You know, we put messages like that on Facebook, and there's no wonder they're blocking me from being seen by a lot of my friends. I was in church yesterday, and a couple of people just came up to me, Ron, how come we can't see you on Facebook anymore? So that's the reason. We're going to tell you the truth. It's not pleasant at this time. We can overcome the problems through repentance and through holding people accountable. That's sin in the church and getting the message out that God wants us to repent across the board. There's none not guilty. We're all guilty. Luke 3, 7, John the Baptist. John kept preaching to the many crowds who came out to be baptized. You are nothing but the offspring of poisonous snakes, he said. You are full of deception. Have you been warned to repent before the coming wrath of the Lord? The King James says it like this. Who hath warned thee to flee from the wrath which is about to come? Even in John's day, God used men to give warnings about the coming wrath. In the midst of Messiah's entry into the earth to pay the penalty for his sin, mankind still needed to be warned. America today still needs to be warned. The church today still needs to be warned. The voice of the watchman needs to be spoken. It needs to be spoken loudly, consistently, clearly, without fear. It needs to be spoken in love. And yes, I'm sorry, love includes God's judgment to it. 
the coming wrath. We're in judgment right now. Wrath is right around the corner. And just like in John's day, there's not going to be any way to avoid the wrath of God. Well, I take that back. There is one way. Let's read it. First Thessalonians 5, 9. For God has not appointed us to wrath, but to obtain salvation by our Lord Jesus Christ. There's only one way to avoid the wrath of God that's coming, and that is what? To obtain salvation by our Lord Jesus Christ. That's one of the reasons the gospel message is so important. There is no door number three. It's door number one, the wrath of God, or door number two, salvation through Jesus Christ. But there is no middle door there. There's no third option for you. You are either going to get saved and obtain salvation through Jesus and him alone, or you will go through the wrath of God. This is awesome. You don't have to face the wrath of God. For God has not appointed us to wrath. He's talking about the church there. Paul is writing to the church. The church has not been appointed unto wrath. That's why the rapture of the church is so important. Before the coming tribulation, the seven-year tribulation, it's God's judgment upon Jews that have rejected him. It's God's judgment upon the nation Israel. And it's God's judgment upon the nations that have persecuted Israel. That's called the wrath of God. There's seven vials of wrath that are going to be released on the earth. There's a whole bunch of woes that are coming. That is all the wrath of God. But the church has not been appointed to that. We will be removed before that comes. And that's why it's so important. You need to be born again. You need to accept Jesus Christ. You will not be appointed unto wrath. If you do not, you will go through that wrath. You do not want to be around for that. So we have the twofold message from the church in America today. And that message is everywhere. A, flee the wrath. B, run to Jesus. That's the only way you're going to avoid the wrath. And it's that simple. And yet if it's so simple, why are we having such a hard time telling it? Isn't that a great question? Why are we struggling with telling people it's either wrath or the salvation message and the salvation that Christ offered for you? I don't understand. Are we ashamed of the gospel? Are we scared what they're going to do when we tell them? As I see it, I think we become distracted, just like the world is distracted, and we are responding carnally to the China virus and the resulting deception being played out upon us. We need to put off our carnality, and we need to clothe ourselves in Christ so we have an opportunity to deal with this on a spiritual plane rather than carnally like we're doing. There's only two options available to us. Number one, put you on the Lord Jesus Christ and make not provision for the flesh to fulfill the lust of the flesh. The church does not have a provision of the spirit. We have a provision of lust. Our vision is pro-carnality. We are too busy living in the five sense realm. We don't take time to pray as we should. We don't take time to read our Bibles, to obey God, to fellowship with him. And because of that, we have a church full of carnality where a man says jump and we jump rather than we're following the Holy Spirit of God. Remember, door number one, wrath. Door number two, salvation through Jesus Christ. There's no other option. This is it. We must maintain our truth. We must maintain our passion in getting these truths to the people that God sends us to. Second Corinthians 6, verse 2. Behold, now is the accepted time. Now is the day of salvation. And that's been written 2,000 years ago, and it's just as important now as it was then, probably more important as we draw closer and closer to the coming wrath of God. The church is asleep. We don't realize how close we are to Christ's return. I cannot believe the lack of urgency, the sense of urgency in the people of God and the church in general. No one could say we don't have any needs of warnings. The title of this is the warnings from the watchman. 
You can't say there's no need of warning. The pitiful, sinful, wicked, depraved state of mankind, it's obvious. You'd have to be blind not to see what we're doing is wrong. It's violating God's word. And there's only one entity on the planet that has the truth and can provide the warnings that mankind needs. And that's the church. First Timothy 3.15. But if I tarry long, Paul writes to Timothy, that thou may knowest how you are to behave yourself in the house of God, which is the church of the living God. It's the pillar and the ground of truth. And part of the problem is so many churches are closed. I think most of them are closed. I would probably say a great majority of churches are closed today as we speak. And the problem is they don't know how they ought to behave themselves in the house of God, as Paul writes to Timothy. Pastors no longer know what this behavior looks like because we've allowed man to tell us how that behavior should take place. Well, you can't sit together. Well, you can't lay hands on the sick. You can't share communion. I mean, you know, you can't hug. You know, you can't look at each other without a mask deciding, are they mad at me? Are they smiling at me? And that's all a plan of the devil. That's why there's confusion. And that's why the churches are closed. We can't decide whether we're going to obey man or we're going to go and obey God. Well, it's so obvious if you're a true Christian, if you're a pastor called by God to lead his sheep, to feed his people, the answer is quite simple. You open your church and you obey God. You follow the dictates of the Holy Spirit of God. Diane and I personally, our radio messages and our Facebook messages and the time we spend in prayer, it's all about the truth. And the truth is we are out of time. Time is no longer short. We are out of time. It's the decision time now. For everybody, really, the trouble is only a few in the church know that. And yet sometimes we feel like we only one of a select few who sense the urgency here. It truly is now or never. We are just plain out of time. We believe in our hearts because of this indifference that many, many so-called Christians, a great majority of people who call themselves Christians, They're going to have to go through the tribulation, the time of God's wrath. That's why we are warning you. You do not have to go through the wrath of God. There is an option. The salvation that Jesus offers releases you, removes you from being under the wrath of God. You know, Father God, he has charged us with a ministry of prayer and warning. The more prayer we make, the greater the anointing to warn both the body and the non-believer. We are being buffeted on many levels and in many areas, and that's okay. I'm not complaining. That only increases our determination to tell you the truth. People we thought we knew are blind. Others are deceived. Still others we thought were staunch allies of Christendom have faltered. And even worse yet, others have revealed themselves to be nothing more than so-called Christian hobbyists. They make a hobby out of their Christianity. They go to church because they like it, because it's comfortable. They make friends. They message is comfortable, but there's no challenging. There's no, what's the word I'm looking transformation. There's no new birth. It's just a constant Christian club. Well, that's got to change. And Paul wrote to the Christians in Corinth having the same problems. I write not these things to shame you, but my beloved children, I warn you, I admonish you. And that's what we do. We are warning the church. You cannot continue in behavior like this. We are warning the brothers and sisters in Christ. You cannot be currently minded. To be currently minded is death. You will die. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace in the Holy Ghost. Rick Renner, uh, one of our favorite pastors, he's in Russia, but he's a wonderful Bible teacher, speaks with a prophetic voice. He says it like this. The things that we're telling you, we're not telling you these things to scare you, but we're telling you these, these things to prepare you. The rebukes and the warnings that came in the Old Testament, usually by great prophets of God, such as Hosea, Ezekiel, Isaiah, Jeremiah, 
they usually came in a much more direct and forceful approach. And the prophetic voice in the Old Testament, I would say 95% of the time was used to warn the people that they were sinning and the price of their sin was about to come due. Their sin was killing them. It was destroying them as a people, as God's people. It was a bad witness and God was going to deal with it. And that's what the prophets did. They warned the people. Jeremiah 6.10, to whom shall I speak and give warning that the people may hear? Behold, their ear is uncircumcised and they cannot hearken. They cannot listen to me. Behold, the word of the Lord is unto them a reproach and they have no delight in the word of the Lord. You know, this is some nasty condemnation. And yet Jeremiah is warning the people. That's what he does. Verse 17, uh, Jeremiah 6.17 I have appointed watchmen over you and said, listen to the sound of the trumpet. The sound of the trumpet by the watchman basically is the voice of the watchman. It's the warning that the watchman is giving. I appointed watchmen over you, Israel, and said, listen to the sound of the trumpet. But you said, nope, we're not going to listen. Therefore, hear you nations, you who are witnesses, observe what will happen to them. Here, you earth, I am bringing disaster upon this people, the fruit of their schemes. Why? Because they have not listened to my words and they have rejected my words. There's a lot in there, but you need to understand that there are watchmen, just like there are watchmen over Israel, there are watchmen over America. There are voices out there of people that understand what our sin is doing to us. They are aware that the danger of our lifestyle is heading us towards swift destruction as an entire nation. It's a deadly situation. It's a perilous times, as the Bible calls it. But it's something that we need to be warned from. And that's why God has voices like ours. I thank God I'm on the radio. I have no idea how I get on here. It just fell into it. And I thank God I've met great people. They treat me like a king. I have this radio show. People are actually listening. And we're receiving comments that people are telling me that, you know, we don't hear this often. That is so important. The message today is not peace, peace. The message today is not everything's fine. The message today is the wounds that we're doing, the sins that we're doing. They're harmless. They're not going to destroy us. They're, they're no threat to our well-being. Well, nothing could be further from the truth. Look at this. Verse 17, Jeremiah 6. I, the Lord, appointed watchmen over you. He cared about them. He loved them. I'm going to send people that are going to give you warning. They're going to speak words that will protect you, that will lead to repentance so that you can come back into sweet fellowship with me, says the Lord. Listen to the sound of the trumpet. But you said we're not going to listen. America said that. We're not paying attention to God. We don't want to hear anything. Matter of fact, the voice of God today most surely speaks in the word of God, but he also speaks to the church. And basically America has taken the church. They stuck us in the corner. They said, sit down, shut up. And we said, okay, listen to the sound of the trumpet. You said, we will not listen. Therefore, hear you nations, you who were witnesses. When God says, hear you nations, he's not just talking to the nations that were around 2000 years ago, 2,500 years ago, 3000 years ago. He's talking to us today. He's talking not only to the nation of Israel. He's talking not only to the Assyrians. He's talking not only to Babylon. He is talking to China. He is talking to Canada. He is talking to Russia and Mexico. He's talking to the United States. Therefore, hear you nations, you who are witnesses, who are watching what is happening, observe what's going to happen to them. That's for us. 
Hear you, earth. Wow. He's not only talking to the nations. He is talking to the entire earth. He is putting a clarion call out there into the realm of the spirit. Judgment is coming because of their sin. Because the people have said, we're not going to listen. Because the people have said that we have rejected your law. We're not going to listen. We're not going to pay attention. This is going to happen. And it's a lesson for everybody from the foundation of the writing of this Bible to today. Hear you, earth. What's the message? I, the Lord, am bringing disaster on this people. The people that said they will not listen, I, the Lord, am bringing disaster upon them. The people that said we will not hearken to the voice of the watchman, I, the Lord, will bring disaster on this people. I will bring it because of the fruit of their schemes, because they have not listened to my words and have rejected my law. That's America 2020. And who wrote this? Dave Gusek wrote this. And I have set watchmen over you saying, hearken to the sound of the trumpet. But they said, no, we will not hearken. Therefore, hear ye nations and know, O congregation, what is among them here, O earth. Behold, I will bring evil upon this people, even the fruit of their thoughts, because they have not hearkened unto my words. And as for my law, they have rejected it. This is such a profound passage of Scripture, folks. We've got to look at the reasons for this action by God to fully understand the depths of his punishment towards Judah. Basically, it's simple. They said, we're not going to walk therein in your promises, and we will not hearken unto your voice. This passage is put in the Bible as a warning of the severity of God. It's a warning of the punishment upon a people that reject him. America has not only rejected God, we're in the process of removing God. We want nothing to do with God. We've taken him out of our schools. We've taken him out of our judicial system. And the church is not raised up yet to defend God. We have not responded yet as we should, restraining this evil spiritually, A, in the prayer room, and B, by our preaching. Mm, this is terrible stuff. And let's go to Hebrews 11 and 2. In the past, God spoke to our ancestors through the prophets at many times and in various ways. But in these last days, he speaks to us by Jesus. So the number one way God warns us, the number one way God corrects us is through the word of God, Jesus. First Thessalonians 5.20, in the Amplify, he speaks to us also through the prophetic voices, through prophesying. Do not scorn or reject the gifts of prophecy or prophecies, spoken revelations, words of instruction or exhortation or warning. God also speaks to us through prophets such as Jonathan Kahn. He'll be in Washington during the election. Uh, Franklin Graham, he's going to Washington. Mario Murillo. God is calling America to repent. He is warning us. Small voices like mine are warning our individual spheres of influence. We must change. We must repent. We must stop sinning. I pray a fire of God over this land to burn away our flesh. I pray I pray for a spirit of the fear of the Lord would just take hold of this nation, that he would get our attention. Another way he warns us is through remedial judgments. And let me read this passage, 1 Kings nineteen eleven through 12. And he said, go forth and stand upon the mount before the Lord. God is talking to, this was Elijah. And he said, go forth and stand upon the mount before the Lord and behold, the Lord passed by, and a great and strong wind rent the mountains and broke in pieces the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, an earthquake. But the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire. But the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, 
a still small voice. That's in First Kings nineteen eleven through 12. And we see that today. God has sent America judgment after judgment after judgment. We filled our churches after 9-11, and that lasted a month or two. Katrina came, and people got back in the church, and that lasted a month or two. We have violated God's word concerning the people of Israel. We have violated God's word concerning our sin. California wildfire after California wildfire. And yet God is not in the fire. He was not in the falling of the buildings. He is not in the storm in the sea. But once those judgments pass and they have gotten our attention, he speaks to us quietly and lovingly. And he's trying to correct us. He's there for us to see, I can fix this. I can fix you. I sent my son, Jesus Christ. We have dealt with the sin issue. Sin no longer has power over you. Come to me, receive the sacrifice and the resurrection of my son, Jesus Christ. I want you in my kingdom. I want to spend eternity with you. That's how much I love you. Hear the voice of the Lord. I'm Ron Guy. We'll be back next week. Thank you for joining us for End Time Insights with Ron Geyer. Listen again next Sunday night at 8 on 100.7 The Word, where faith comes by hearing. You can also listen to the podcast of this program by going to kkht.com. If you would like to contact Ron, email him at gospelguy at comcast.net.